Listening Dog Media. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yes! Oh, 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 yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Offside Rule We Get It. Oh, we so do. Supported by Continental Tyres, getting you to the game safely. I'm joined by Lindsay Hooper and Mina Rizuki this week. It's episode 10. We're into double digits, girls. Congratulations. Very fitting that it's number 10 as well when we go on to talk about England in European qualifying. 10 is the magic number. (laughs) The perfect 10. Hello, Mina. Hello, how are you doing? Great day for the home nations, huh? It was a good series of games for the home nations and for the Republic of Ireland as well. We'll talk more about the Euros in just a few moments' time and what it means. There are games on tonight, we should point that out. We're recording this on Tuesday, so so the fate of some of the playoff teams still to be decided. Lindsay's giving me the eyes, what's up? Well, we, we can't progress this podcast any further without saying Jurgen Klopp and Kate, what do you think? <laughs> I love that Klopp has gone to the cop. Of course I do. I think it's a great signing for Liverpool. I'm really excited by him. I think he's quite wacky. I quite like the look of his family. There's sort of stepsons and stepdaughters and all sorts of extra people involved in his family, all quite tall and quite blonde. Um, but I like the look of Klopp. I'm just I'm just going to think it's really funny if he comes along and they still don't do any better. <laughs> yeah, really think. funny. They went for the biggest guy that they could get, finally get their man. And imagine after all of that, he shows what he showed with Borussia Dortmund last year, which is great plan A, no plan B. Well, he's asked for patience, hasn't he? Quite how patient us Liverpool fans will have to be is another matter. Well, you say he's asked for patience. He's promised the title within four years or he's going to move to Switzerland. <laughs> and also... Is he going to cosy up with Set Blatter? I was also going to say, by the way, that surely he will now attract some bigger names. You know, if he can get Lewandowski... Well, that's what everyone's saying, but it is... I mean, that is such paper talk, isn't it? Yeah. Jurgen Klopp goes to a new club. Guess who the first person is that he's associated with? Lewandowski. He's basically his son. But, not really, by the way, guys, but basically, yes. It might not be, for instance, Lewandowski, but for the sake of German footballers and, and some brilliant ones at that, I mean, Thomas Muller has made some indications that he'd be ready to leave Bundesliga. So it could be someone like that. He, he'll draw in 
a couple of names. Yes, he will definitely. And if he doesn't, I'm going to ask for my money back. But you know what I think is so great about him is that when they asked him about that and he turned around and said, you know what, I don't want to, if you don't want to be in Liverpool and you don't want to make the card and you don't want to come here, then I don't want you here. And I'm not interested in bringing the big names. I'm interested in making what I have great and assessing what they have. And I think that's so great about him because he kept referring to the fact that spending money doesn't necessarily mean that you start winning. And surely that proves a lot with Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, all reaching the final without spending that much money in the Champions League. So can't Liverpool just follow that rather than than having to attract all the big stars. Meanwhile, another day in the life of Adam Lallana. <laughs> or not many days left in the life of Adam, uh, of Adam Lallana at Liverpool. Anyway, uh, we're also today going to be talking jobs for the boys. It dawned upon me that we've got quite a few personalities now in the Premier League. We've just spoken about Klopp, but there are many others. In fact, the league is rich in personalities when it comes to the managerial talent there. So I'm going to ask you girls to think about what else some of these managers could be doing if they hadn't chosen a life in football. I'd like you to be creative. I don't want any thing that's based on any amount of fact whatsoever, just on a whim. Uh, Captain Fantastic, um, who could ignore Northern Ireland Captain Stephen Davis hitting a brace against Greece? I know Greece have been rubbish, but Northern Ireland done so well in this Euro 2016 qualifying campaign. So the team heading to the finals, first major finals in 30 years. Not only that, Captain Fantastic, but look at England. Gary Cahill, Captain. Phil Jagielka, Captain. (laughs) Wayne Rooney's not there, so he can't be Captain. Pick a Captain, (laughs) any Captain. It's it's a bit like Roy's got a whole load of guess who cards and just thrown them or even done a bit of a pick out of the bag job and gone, who shall I have today? Oh, it's, it's Cahill. So we'll discuss Captain Fantastic and we're going to hear from Sue Smith as well. She's going to be filling us in on the semi-finals of the Continental Tyres Cup. Who's made the final? We'll find out. And some exciting news for Doncaster Rovers Bells as well. Uh, I must say, we need your help, folks. This is this is a call to arms. This is a plea. If I had some some dramatic music, we'll ask our editor. Uh, I, dun, dun, dun. No, because there's nothing kind of shocking about it. It's more like I, I, I kind of want a bit of a kind of a whirring, stirring, everyone get on your phones because um, we need your vote again in the FBAs. We've been nominated, officially nominated for a football blogging awards for best podcast. We would love to win. Of course we would. We can pretend that we wouldn't. But as we discussed last week, we so want to win this, but we need your help. We can't do it without a vote from you. If you voted for us once, try again because we've now got through to the next stage. So your vote needs to count. Again. Don't sweat it because Mina's going to get the whole of Italy to vote for us. How's she going to do that? Well, don't worry. You see, my, I was supposed to be president. I'm all about the bribery. <laughs> so I know how politics works. <laughs> we don't want to buy your vote. We want you to vote for us. So please drop a tweet. I'm voting for the Offside Rule pod at the FBAs for best hashtag podcast. Pop on to our at Offside Rule and you'll see the format. You can also vote online for us. There are details on our pod account and up on our website as well. Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. So, ladies, the European qualifiers, we've got one set of matches tonight, but most of it's done and dusted by now. So I've set you a little task. Lindsay, I want you to give us a quick overview of how the home nations and the Republic of Ireland have performed and what that means. I'll take us through some of the playoffs, the ones that we know anyway. And Mina, I want you to pick out, you've got the glamour bit, by the way, I want you to pick out a favourite team for you and an outside chance of a win from those teams that are through to the finals next summer. Lindsay, I'm going to start with you. I'm winging this a little bit, but I got inspired because, um, well, or lazy, whichever one you want to choose. <laughs> oh, 
Um, I voice I voice a football show called FIFA Football. If you've seen it and you've heard a female voice on it, it may just be mine. Um, and they do this section on the show called In Numbers. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to break it down in numbers. And we've already said this is episode number 10. We've already indicated England's number is 10 because they have an immaculate record in the qualifying stages. It's like for every win in qualifying, there's a defeat at the actual tournament, isn't it? It's like a trade-off. For every moment of glory in qualifying, there's a moment of disappointing when you actually get to the main gig. I'm not going to go for number 10 because everyone knows that they went 10 games and uh, had a lovely win, winning streak. What I'm going to go for is number nine. They've conceded just nine goals okay. in those 10 games, which which I think is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so now defensive football is impressive, huh? Ooh, ooh. Where did you get that from? <laughs> it is against Estonia and Lithuania. Oh, God, such great challenges. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But after taking so much flack as an Italian for a defensive oh. game, it just goes to show... We had Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Defence wins you games. <laughs> Look, we'll move on to the side that everyone's talking about because England, you know, everyone expected them to get through the qualifying campaign, be one of the top seeds. We'll see what happens, whether we get past the last 16, go out in the quarterfinals. Seems to be the prediction that's in all the papers, by the way. Mm. Uh, we'll move on to Wales because that's who everyone's talking about. About. And Mina looks more excited about Wales than England. <laughs> well, of course, you have to look at that team. They say, watch fashion, they're so sweet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but Gareth Bale, I could give you the number six yes, because goals. he scored six mm. goals, didn't he, in qualification. Three winning goals, by the way, because sometimes it's the mm. importance of that got those goals mm. and he will be key. But I'm going to go for the number seven. Seven matches since a player other than Gareth Bale or Aaron Ramsey has scored for Wales. Wow. That's how long it's been, seven games. But you're basically saying they're in big trouble if they lose either player. Exactly my right. point. Well, they probably will lose one of them considering Arsenal players always seem to fall apart at some stage. Do you think this is talk sport and it's the daily <laughs> Arsenal? <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I'm glad that I entertained Mina. I love having Mina on the podcast, can I just say. She does find you really funny, which sometimes I think, really? It's an acquired taste, Kate yeah, Borsell, that's what it is. Um, Northern Ireland um, topped the group. So there's only there's only one number for Northern Ireland, isn't there? 30. 30. No! <laughs> number one, oh, top yeah, of the group. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael O'Neill's side making history. Mm. I think I'm more excited about Northern Ireland than I am about Wales. Do you know what is exciting about Northern Ireland? It's listening to Carl Lafferty, who's really excited about playing Brazil and Argentina at the European Championships. There's a brilliant video. You have to watch it. And he's... No, 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 I'm not joking. He's full on styling out how excited he is next summer to be playing Brazil and Argentina. And the reporter's like, to his friend or to his teammate, uh, are you going to tell him or am I? And And the friend's like, it's your job to tell him um, and they told him and he totally tried to style it out he went yeah well we should be playing them anyway y- you know yes of course we'll be playing Argentina and Brazil in their in their warm up games is what, <laughs> is what he was trying to style out which mm, might be a struggle uh, we have to mention though with Northern Ireland um, I, I don't want to dampen the spirits there because I think it's a fantastic achievement it's going to be brilliant for them to go but I'm also flagging up number one as the number of potential goals they might get oh that's a bit rough look if they surpass it then they get my round of applause but if they can get a goal against any of the opposition in, they're going to have some tough opposition now we've got down to those stages Uh, Republic of Ireland they're in the playoffs aren't they after a 2-1 defeat to Poland and the number here and this is to flag up 
the dates in question is number two because it's two legs, the playoffs. So I'm going to flag up. You've got the 12th, 13th, 14th of November, Republic of Ireland fans, and then the 15th, 16th and 17th of November when the second leg games take place. And whilst we're on dates, another important number, 12. The 12th of December is the draw for the Euros in Paris, Saturday, Mm. December the 12th. I'm done. That's my numbers. Roundup, done. Blagged it. <laughs> um, I'm going to run through mine quickly before we hear from you, Mina. I'm going to take us through those playoffs that you mentioned, Lindsay. Who's a definite in those playoffs? Ukraine, Denmark, Sweden. It's upsetting, isn't it, to see Sweden so nearly, maybe, out of the Euros after they didn't get to the World Cup. We know it was a, a big matchup, wasn't it, between Portugal and Sweden? It was Ronaldo versus. Ibrahimovic. Well, uh, Sweden are struggling this time and will be in the playoffs. I hope it goes well for them there. A Euros is not worth watching without Ibra. <laughs> well, you might have to. Uh, it depends how it goes for I them. By the way, that's what he would say. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally what he would say. Um, just to mention as well, Slovenia and as you've uh, talked about, Lindsay, Re- Republic of Ireland definitely in those playoffs as well. Uh, we'll have to wait until November to see what happens with the final four teams to make those European Championships in France next year. Um, little story about Croatia. How gutted must they be, but they were deducted one point after uh, charges of racist behaviour for their match against Italy. Mina, you'll know about this. Incidentally, they, they are the team that I would say to you, watch out for them because I think they have the outside chance of winning this. They are a great team. I think they're being severely punished by the HNS, their, their FA effectively, and the people in charge, such as Davos Suka. And I think that basically it's just now rebellion because the fans are just so angry at the people running the show in Croatia, whereas the team are the ones that are really suffering and they have so much talent. If you have a squad that has Mandzukic and Rakitic mm. and Modric and, and Perisic and so much more, Dario Sana, yeah, so many inches, <laughs> so <many> Dario <laughs> Sana as their captain, who's just full of passion and pride, and they all know how to play football, all play for really big sides. Um, then I just think that if they if they do get it together, if they just didn't get deducted that one point, they were leading it at the top. I definitely think they're the team to look out for. So, Mina, we've already heard that Croatia are your outside chance. Uh, who is looking good to you to win this thing? Incidentally, it's one that hasn't part- taken part in the Euro qualification. And I think it's actually France. Think about it. They're playing mm. at home. They've got a side that's full of, of youth, but like really interesting youth, such as Raphael Varane, who's been the only permanent fixture in Didier Deschamps' side. Love Varane. Mm. Exactly. Mourinho called him the best centre-back in the world. Um there's obviously Paul Pogba, who's what the most expensive midfielder. There's now Martial up front, who's become mm. sensational. Mm. Not to even mention the fact that Benzema's having a great season, perhaps not doing as well for the national team, but having a great season for Real Madrid, showing everything that he can do, which is not just scoring goals, but helping the team score goals. There's also Jorge, Kate Bosse, who always believes in the man. Um, <laughs> let's not forget Antoine Griezmann, yeah. who plays for Atletico, who's had a fantastic season. Even last year, he was he was even better. Um, this is a great side that has so much going for them and they're playing at home I believe in Didier Deschamps all he really needs to fix is rather than a sporting perspective he doesn't need to find the right balance or he's already stuck with his formation he knows what it is he's very much into the 4-2-3-1 but I think what he needs to work on is the psychology the reason why they won the World Cup in 98 is because they united a nation that had lots of uh, of players that were naturalised that not that weren't perhaps originally French but they made a, a team out of players that believed in the French cause and and created a unit. Mm. If they can do the same now, if Didier Deschamps can create harmony, and perhaps that would be good now that they don't have uh, Nasri, um, then <laughs> then I think they should be able, because when it comes to talent, they're the most complete. And I believe with Ancelotti, he said that they'd win, and I think I agree. 
The gospel according to Ancelotti. Maybe they should get Mark Sampson, England women manager, in there. He did a terrific job in getting those girls to unite, to bond and really fight for one cause. Talking of women's football, that segues so beautifully. <laughs> uh, I saw it in my Into our Sue. Our Sue's with us now. Sue Smith um, giving us the details. What happened in the Continental Cup semi-finals? Who makes the final on the 1st of November, which we will be at, by the way, um, up at the New York Stadium in Rotherham. I love the name of that stadium, by the way. Um, I and- I was going to New York. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, and Sue also uh, gives us some good news about Doncaster Bells. <laughs> Sue Smith's WSL Roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hi everyone. This weekend was Continental Tyres Cup semi-finals. Arsenal played Birmingham and Liverpool played Notts County. I'm going to start off with the Arsenal-Birmingham game, basically because I was there watching, so it's a bit easier for me to talk about. Going into this game, it was it was quite a difficult one to predict for me. Arsenal have looked stronger in the second part of the season. And for me, they're starting to begin to gel and they're taking on board their, their manager's philosophy. And I actually thought they played really well against Man City in the previous week. So if they played as well as they did, I thought that they probably were going into the game as, as favourites. Birmingham have had an inconsistent season, playing well in the Cup, but the league form hasn't been great. I have actually watched Birmingham a few times this year and they have been very well organised, difficult to break down. They do create chances, but they just don't seem to be able to score. This is exactly what happened in the game. However, Arsenal looked very good on the counter-attack. They've got pace, they've got quality... And Corridera opened the scoring with a rocket from the left-hand side, just cut in and hit it in the top corner. Dan Carter then doubled the lead, who I thought had an excellent game. You know, she was constantly troubling their Birmingham back line with their pace and quality. Birmingham did have chances of their own, but like I mentioned earlier, they just couldn't finish them off. The next goal for me was going to be crucial and Arsenal scored it straight after half-time. Alex Scott was the, the goal scorer and that was game over. However, Birmingham, as we know them, they never, ever give up and, and Kirsty Lynette scored a consolation goal for the Blues. Probably a, her most difficult chance she put away and, and again, it was a, another great finish. I think Arsenal were probably worthy winners but if Birmingham had been a little bit more clinical, could have been a different story. In the other game, Notts County have progressed to their second cup final of the season, beating Liverpool 2-0. Ellen White scoring both of the goals for Notts County. I've got to say, I do feel so sorry for Liverpool, who have been absolutely plagued by injury. In this game, both Gemma Bonner and Martha Harris, they're the latest casualties after their Champions League game against Brescia midweek. Hopefully they'll all recover soon and I do wish them all all the very best. They've got Brescia in the Champions League, their next game. Lastly, we have had an exciting announcement at Doncaster Bells last week. We announced that there was going to be a multi-million pound plan for a state-of-the-art training facility and full-time professional contracts to a number of players got to say this is massive for the club and it should allow us to compete in in WSL 1 next year. I just wish I was 10 years younger. Okay, lastly, make sure I said lastly, but this is the this is I promise this is lastly. Keep November the 1st free in your diaries to watch the Continental Tires Cup final at the New York Stadium in Rotherham. The female take on football. 
Thanks very much to Sue. Um, so let's move on to topic number two. Captain Fantastic, whether you are literally picking names out of a bag, as Roy Hodgson seems to have been doing for England, or whether your captain is scoring a brace to take you through in style to a major championship next year. There are some fantastic captains out there. Stephen Davis, of course, the Northern Ireland captain um, who uh, helped to get his team through to their first major finals in 30 years. So I was thinking about captains and I want current captains as well, OK? And if we can veer away from the obvious, maybe one slightly obvious one, one maybe hardworking captain that doesn't get enough plaudits, that would be great. I'm telling you that for the first time now, by the way, and I'm getting sort of slightly concerned. Linda's given me the death stare already. Uh, so make it good <laughs> is what I'm saying. Mina. Okay, I'm actually going to start with a really common one just because I'm going to get that out of the way before Lindsay tries to steal one. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you'll probably think I'm going to choose an Italian or somebody, but I'm not. I'm going to choose Ica Casillas. um, Largely because I think that what makes him so brilliant is what he does off the pitch. I mean, I'm not even going to include the magnificent save that he made um, in the final against Netherlands to win the World Cup in 2010. Uh, That save from Robin, uh, uh, Robin won, nor you know all the things that he did up to the final including Paraguay um, but for me Ica Casillas is the greatest one of the greatest captain of our generation largely because A during the time when Mourinho was in charge and Pep was in Barcelona there was all that animosity in the derby and in, in between the you know Clastico and they had so much hatred between the two larger sides he was the one who picked up the phone and called Javi and made sure that they made a pact to say you know we cannot let this affect our national team we've got to go all the way we've got to win something um, where the perennial underachievers and they did that also what we love so much about him as Italians and we dedicated so much time and so many columns to him is in the Euro uh, 2012 final in between Italy and Spain when they totally smashed Prandelli's Italy at the final whistle they wanted to add a certain number of minutes and he just turned around to the referee and he said you must have respect for the opponent because there was no way Italy were going to come back they had already gone down to 10 men because they had an injury at that stage to Tiago Motta they were really suffering and Spain were just on target time after time after time and you could tell that there was a huge psychological blow to an Italian side that never really um, experienced such a horrible loss and he turned around to them and he said you have to have respect for the opponent so he turned around to his team and he said respect the opponent and to the referee just just don't include that extra time. We need we need them to, to recognize the fact that this is a big mm. game and we don't want to humiliate anyone. And I just think the way that he respects, he's a captain who won eight different competitions, who's lifted the title, who united a nation. And despite how La wonderful, decima, La actually, Decima, yeah, yeah. exactly. And his face is always, he's always the most excited. Mm. And as much as we owe a lot to Barcelona for creating that wonderful Spanish side, you can't sort of negate what he and the likes mm. of Sergio Ramos did from Madrid and what a great captain he is in uniting a nation that is so... torn apart by political differences. He makes me go against my usual grain of thinking with captains because he's an example of a goalkeeper Mm. who's a fantastic captain. Mm. There's a couple. But generally speaking, I live by the rule that the best captains are either centre-backs or centre-midfielders. I honestly believe that because I think they have a better vision of the game. And from goal, I don't know how much you can marshal from the back. At the same time, I'm going to give you examples of ones that probably do fit into the mould that I like, which is a centre-back or a central midfielder. John Terry, I suppose it's questionable whether he's current captain or not. Mm -hmm. He is when he plays, Mm -hmm. but he's not playing all the time. Mm -hmm. However, if you add up what he's won as captain, I don't think you can argue. Yeah. 
yeah. with, with him being a current best captain. And, and and I don't think we can be too scathing about him this season because he's not been given the opportunity. And I should say that he's had a huge confidence knock. When you have done that and you've played out of your skin, I think there would have been an expectancy from him that he would be playing week in, week out and being captain. But hey, um, but he's won 11 trophies in total. You can't find a better current captain, probably. If you if you look around, there aren't many around the world that have won those sorts of accolades. So he would be in there. I'm going to throw in Katie Chapman at Chelsea Ladies as well, whilst we're on the Chelsea theme, because visibly, I, I watched Chelsea in the Champions League play last week, uh, Chelsea Ladies, and I've watched them all season with Katie Chapman in the side. And she wasn't playing for that Champions League game. And when she's not playing... The ball doesn't move around through midfield and it doesn't it doesn't go through their phases of play mm. as well because most of it moves through her and because she is such a brilliant reader of the game mm. and she just she just dictates play. So I thought they really missed her and although they've got this brilliant attacking four, I think do think that behind that is is Katie Chapman. Mm. So I'm mentioning her, Steph Horton as well, I suppose we, we mentioned because of Manchester City and England. I think she's been a brilliant captain and leader uh, for both. Um but Philip Lahm um, for Bayern Munich, um, I know he's a right back, so he's, he doesn't fall into my centre-back position. He's playing in midfield at the moment, isn't he, I think? Yes, and he, he has more of an advanced role. So I think he has been perhaps one of the best players in world football for some time. And to play in a team like Bayern Munich and command such respect, I, I really, really think that he has to be part of this conversation in terms of current current skippers. Um, one player that I was going to pick out on a domestic level was Jose Fonte of Southampton. Been at the club for five years and he made that seamless transition from being a championship side up to the Premier League with the skill that he has. You know, he he, he just dreamily drifted uh, into becoming, I think he's one of the star players in the Premier League when it comes to making that Southampton side tick. What's he won? All right. Oh, I'm just wondering. Oh, they have to be winners as well. Look, she's upping the stage. Promotion? <laughs> Surely a captain, a dream captain, leads you to trophy. I don't think it has to be about that because some captains are not in clubs where they get the opportunity to win trophies. And this topic is about shining a light on those as well. Thank you very much. I'm going to go with one who is the captain of Malmo because you know him because of West Bromwich Albion. Mm. So Marcus Rosenberg, I know... You can't pick an Albion player when I'm on the podcast. The week that you have Hayley and Kate to yourself, go for it. No, you know what? I'm going to pick him because he was <laughs> such a failure at West Bromwich Albion, right? Or, or at least that's what he was looked upon. Anyway, but a team that was a failure, I think. <laughs> You're right. But I do think that he's a great, a great captain in, in essence. And he moved to Malmo. He led them to the title. I think that he was the missing link, um, led them to the title, led them to the Champions League, and then scored against Olympiacos, to tr- you know, which was a huge deal. I mean, this is something that Arsenal can't manage at the moment, you know. And, and, then, and then you have Rosenberg, you know, and he's a little bit old now, leading a team that's really unfancied at the time and, to, and scoring goals in the Champions League is something great. Now they had that playoff against Celtic just before um, I'm, they have a coach which there is no way there is no way I'm even going to attempt to pronounce his name but uh, just before the Celtic game the coach of Malmo did say Marcus Rosenberg as captain is very good at telling the younger players that this is possible we only have three players left from last season he can tell them there's nothing to fear to stick to the tactics and to do the job and you know what they did well there could be so many more thank you Mina for that and Lindsay we're going to um, move straight on to something quick and short at the end because we're running out of time ladies but we are going to play careers advisors who needs to be doing what in the Premier 
Premier League. I'd like to be a sparkly careers advisor. It's because when you think of what you've got in front of you and you think outside the box as this lady who I'm envisaging is the best careers advisor ever would do, sees on the sheet of paper, likes a good rant, needs to be in the limelight. Ooh. Jose Mourinho we're talking about. What do you think? Where, Where shall I put him? You've got on Channel 4 on a Friday night... Alan Carr, chatty man. <laughs> I think he'd be a great chat show host. He doesn't need any guests, but no. he's going to be Jose Mourinho, ranty man. Yeah. Yes, and I love that. And you know Alan Carr actually spends quite a lot of that show talking about himself. The guests don't really say a lot. I can imagine that that's how it would run with Jose as well. I have a different one for Jose Mourinho. If I'm, yeah, I so think, I. oh really? Yeah. Of course he's the guy that everyone's going to pick. I think he'd be a great hairdresser. You know, like if one of those leading hairdressers who... seen his hair at the moment. <laughs> no, not because of that. But because you know how they get really snobby the higher they go up, yes. you know? And then they start going, well, you know, well, my hairstyle is the best hairstyle in the world and I cut the best hair in the world. And you can just imagine him starting a chain, you know, Jose's hairstyles, you know? And him leading the world and talking about hairstyling as if it's the most, you know difficult thing in the world but if we are staying on that feminine theme then I do think Jürgen Klopp would make a wonderful fashion designer That's so funny because I don't have Jürgen as my fashion designer funnily enough Um, I'll go back to Mourinho quickly I was thinking about him and I was thinking you know clearly he should be titled I mean, forget the job. He needs a title, right? He doesn't need to be working. He needs to be privileged. He needs to be born uh, into a title, whether it's a hereditary title or a peer, perhaps. Um, But I'm going to name him either Baron Mourinho or Dauphin José, perhaps. (laughs) You know, the guy doesn't need a job. He should have been born with a title. At least that's what he thinks. Klopp, by the way, um, I've got that he should be running a slightly off the wall, but great to work for marketing company. Don't you think Van Howe would be a wonderful yes, bullfighter? Because his face is the same colour as the red flag, right? Exactly. And every time he goes red, I can, he, you know, he's the only guy who'll be in charge of bulls where the bulls will actually be scared of him. And I really think <laughs> that's the kind of guy that you need in charge. And he'll, he, you know, he, he just looks angry all the time and he looks like a little terrier. I don't know. I think he has a certain amount of charisma underneath all that red face stuff. Um, so, I've put him as headmaster of an all-boys school. He gets tough and angry when he needs to, but there's a little incy tiny bit in there which makes him um, kind of a father figure to those boys. Well, he is good with the kids. I've got a a CV in front of me. This one is very measured person, very thorough, um, tactical and very fair, it appears. Um, You mentioned fashion earlier, Wenger, for me. He is the kind of bloke who would have been in head honcho Grand dame of a French fashion house for years. In his dusty office, surrounded by all his quirky fashion ideas and very, very stubborn with the look for his fashion brand. <laughs> Wenger's fashion, OK, and we're talking high-end French fashion house here. You can just imagine him getting into a little rant. I do not like the jacquard. I want the flock. The flock is this season, not the jacquard. Uh, what I say goes. You can just imagine him swanning around with the, the latest creations on. Would he also be starring in a version of Allo Allo at the time? Yeah. Very good French voice, thank you very much. Is this because you think that he's really well with his little puffer jacket. I don't know. I've always thought that there's a certain campness to him. It's funny because I actually thought Jürgen Klopp is a little bit camp, which is why I thought he would be a great fashion designer. Imagine if he wears like culottes, you know, and he just walks around <laughs> with those like, not I don't like, you know, like just just with this really great fashion designer. But Wenger, I think, would be great as a little PE teacher for, for nursery. <laughs> well, <laughs> a PE teacher for the little ones. And then he could just spot all the potential yes. in the would-be stars and perhaps take them to the great arsenal and see, see what happens then. My final one is Kike Flores because 
his credentials for me, having met him a few times now, are some mystery there. There's a little bit of mystery. Mm. And he's charming. He's very charming. Comes over, shakes your hand, always says, thank you, please. Good manners. He'd be a perfect James Bond. Perfect James Bond. Uh, so in that case, maybe just just a spy. Mm. Well, who knows what Watford fans will think about the international man of mystery in charge of their team. Um, talking of being in charge of, I'm going to call this podcast to a halt, ladies. Thank you very much for your contributions today. Uh, we'll be sending off our recommendations to the appropriate managers in case they lose their way in the heady world of football. Uh, do give us a follow at Offside Rule Pod. Check out the website, offsiderulepodcast.com. And don't forget, we love your vote in the FBAs. Pop onto our Twitter account, see how it works. We would love to pick up an award. We really would. Yes, please do it. At Offside Rule Pod is where you can get some instructions. We'll be tweeting out about it nearer the time. The deadline is the 30th of October Mm. is what we need to say. Mina, thank you very much. You're going to take yourself off to work right now, running out the door. Uh, International glamorous lifestyle that you have up at half past five this morning. I know, right? And all the way till about 11pm tonight. She's a hardworking lass. Uh, We'll see you later. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.